Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to Emotional Badass, where Moxie meets Mindful. I'm Nikki Eisenhower, your host, life coach, and psychotherapist. And on today's episode, I'm discussing tips to hear and practice your intuition. So you can find and read new science that's been coming out the last few years and research that is ongoing that is proving the gut brain, that there is actually circuitry in the gut that acts as its own brain center. Now, the reason that I don't give more knowledge, fact, information about this is because I'm a believer that there's plenty of that out there. And knowledge for the sake of knowledge will not heal you will not make you feel better. Almost every new client I have says, I have so much information in my head, but I don't know how to make my body feel calm and peaceful. And that's because we are a culture of way too much information. And we don't really value, practice, or encourage integrating that information into our bodies. You may have heard the term head knowledge versus heart knowledge or body knowledge. There are other people who can talk you through the science better than I can, and it's just not my passion. I care about it. It's important, but it's not my passion. It's not the key to helping people find more freedom. Intuition versus anxiety is the number one thing that people bring to me, the number one struggle. My life became infinitely better, and my inner child began trusting me. When she saw me stop talking myself out of my intuitive knowing, out of my intuitive sense and insights, trusting intuition is a process. It's not a destination. Intuition is always right in all of us. It's our interpretation of that intuition that we're working with. Our interpretation can be right or wrong to a different degree. Every day gives us the opportunity to work with our intuitive muscles. And every day we can get better and better and better at fine-tuning that interpretation. This works the same way if someone learns a new language. That at first it feels awkward. We feel like we're never going to get it. It feels overcomplicated, but we just have to be with that language. We have to hear that language. We have to attempt to form those new words and new sounds 
with our lips, our tongue, our jaw, our mouth, our brain, our thoughts. There's a lot going on to coordinate learning a new language, starting to listen, starting to hear your intuition is like learning a new language when you've had a lifetime of accidentally practicing ignoring your intuition. Most highly sensitive people who grew up in dysfunction were having intuitive hits. My intuition as a small girl was telling me things like, whoa, something is not right with mom. This is wrong. This is bad. This is scary. But as a child, I couldn't be in action for myself. I couldn't get in a car and drive away. I couldn't go live somewhere else. I couldn't stand in an adult self as a child and look at my mother or any other person that was responsible for me bringing nonsense, for lack of a better term, into my life. I couldn't stand up to them and go, hey, this is ridiculous. Cut it out. I'm not going to stand for this. So what happens to us as children when we are more naturally connected to our insights and intuitions is that when we are in a chaotic or stressful or neglectful environment, we have to, to survive, we have to ignore that intuition. We have to shove it down. And what happens when we ignore that intuition, what happens when we cannot act on our own behalf because we're too little, we're too small, we're too young and dependent on the family and the family system, is that our awareness leaves that gut intuition, goes up to the head, and that's where we start to learn how to overthink. How many of you listening right now would raise your hand if I said, are you an overthinker? And we wonder why. And we like to call it ADD. Maybe, maybe not. So working with intuition is about understanding this, And understanding that the anxious thoughts are really in the head, of the head. They swarm around our heads like a crazy storm cloud of confusion and overwhelm. If you're looking for your intuitive knowledge in that storm cloud, that's not going to work because that's not where it is. A lot of you will say to me when you're in that confusing, overwhelming storm cloud, I I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know what's best for me. And I often say to a client in session, stop, take a deep breath. You know, you don't want to say and you don't like it because there's going to be some challenges there to actually do what your gut is telling you to do. But I can tell that you know. And very often they will look at me and go, yeah, I do know. And right in that moment, that cloud, that storm dissipates and they're in their bodies. They're sinking into their gut. They're sinking into their intuition. So here are some tips about how to let go of over-identifying with that anxious story maker of the head and to start tapping into the language of intuition in the gut. So thinking is heady and it's up here like a storm. I'm waving my hands above my head if you could see me right now. So just having the mindfulness and the awareness to be able to sit back instead of being inside of that storm getting wet by the rain, it's more like being inside, looking out the window and going, huh, that's an interesting storm. Wow, what a big storm that's moving through instead of getting caught up inside of the storm. 
And when we do that, we're not so lost. We're not so confused. We're not so overwhelmed. So we can better hear our intuitive insights. My second tip, this comes from a place of my own frustration working with therapists in my early life. And this frustrated me so much to the point of it enacted my flight. I wanted to run from the room screaming. (laughs) Therapists would try to tell me to trust my gut. But it might as well have been in German. I was so disconnected from myself. I just didn't get what that means. And it made me feel desperate because they didn't know how to explain it the way I'm trying to explain it to you. They didn't know how to say to me, Nikki, you do know, take a deep breath. And here's another way to start to know. When you're in that cloud of anxiety, you really think that that's what an intuitive yes feels like? No, none of us think that that's what a yes feels like. What does a yes feel like in your body? That's my second tip. When someone says, hey, you want to go to your favorite restaurant on Friday? I don't know about you, but my gut goes, yes, there's no question. There's no anxiety. If I said to you, hey, would you really like to have this winning lottery ticket? Yes. Hey, would you like to have some some free money in your bank account the next time you look? Yes. Would you like everything to be easier in life? Yes. We are not in that cloud when we have an intuitive yes. It's a sinking in. So we can let go of telling ourselves we're confused and we don't know and start paying attention to what does my gut know? If I get out of that cloud, what does my body know that my mind doesn't yet want to deal with? Because that's the truth of it. Third tip, and this is almost overly simple. Practice the permission to listen to it. So many of us as survivors and highly sensitive people have such a sick comfort zone with overthinking and overwhelm. Why? Because we've lived there too damn long. So it's funky, it's gross, but it's what we know. And that's a sick kind of comfort zone. So we want to give ourselves permission to stop being in that comfort zone. When I started doing this and starting to listen to my intuition, I felt like there was a part of me that was stubborn. That was like, oh, really? You're going to listen to me now? I've been trying to talk to you all these years? And that really wasn't intuition. But it was my inner adolescent that was struggling to accept this dynamic, to accept that this work might help me might work for me, might be valuable when it felt weird to pay attention because that was outside of my comfort zone. So we want to give ourselves permission to just start mindfully paying attention. When we do so, we're breaking the pattern of going directly to overwhelm and overthinking. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask them all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? Well, we hear you and we have been there too. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. Who are we? I'm Dr. Jess Steyer, a public health scientist and also co-host of the Unbiased Science podcast. 
Every day, I'll chat with one or both of your new pediatrician besties, Dr. Dina DiMaggio, a general pediatrician, and Dr. Anthony Porto, a pediatric gastroenterologist. We'll talk about all the things related to our kids' health, from dealing with a colicky infant to navigating puberty in the teenage years. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, now live on all podcast platforms. Over time, my inner child, my inner adolescent started trusting that I was paying attention. And guess what happens then? Well, my system doesn't have to hike anxiety up to a level 12 to get me to do something, to change something about my life that isn't working. When I can listen to my gut, that anxious, overwhelming process doesn't have to rise up the ladder towards 10 or past the 10 scale to 12. I can start to take care of myself when that anxious cloud is at a level two or three or four. So paying attention to intuition gets us out of that anxious cloud. And I don't know about you, but I've spent plenty enough time in that anxious, overwhelming cloud throughout my life. Damn it, I don't want to spend any more time there. It's a funky place to pay rent and go to every single day, multiple times a day. So I don't want to go there. I don't want to live there. I want to go to where my intuition is. That's a much calmer place. That's a much quieter place. Now, the truth is, when we're healing from childhood chaos, quiet will freak us out at first. Please don't avoid that. None of us on the planet are supposed to feel uncomfortable with stillness or quiet. That is our birthright. It's as natural as having eyeballs or hair and skin. We need to get back to that as a culture. As survivors, we need to cultivate that as a gift to ourselves, as a self-respect, a self-regard, a kindness. And we can have patience when some of our parts are really scared in that silence. Some of us in the silence wait for the other shoe to drop. We feel scared and frightened, and we can soothe that inner child. So if you haven't put this together yet, yes, working with your inner child is part of connecting to your intuitive self. Because remember, she tried to tell me that intuitive self, that something was not safe in my home growing up, but I couldn't do anything about it. So I had to ignore her. I had to block her. Now I'm inviting her to be present. I'm helping her trust that if she does talk to me, I am so willing to listen. Many of you out there understand attachment style. As highly sensitive people, we lean anxiously attached. Some of us may lean avoidantly attached, but what we're all working towards is becoming securely attached to ourselves. Paying attention to these parts helps us grow in that secure attachment style. And when we do, we feel more natural, calm, and peace, and ease, and flow. Next tip I have for you is to be curious. Don't be frustrated trying to connect with your intuition. Don't be annoyed. Don't tell yourself you're stupid or you don't know how to do it or you might not have that voice. Maybe it's just in Nikki and it's not in you. All of us have intuition. And if you're a deep, highly sensitive person... 
For damn sure you have an intuitive self. You don't have to bother yourself or waste your energy fighting whether or not you have that part. Just allow yourself to be curious, kind, patient, and consistent, not critical or doubtful or judgmental. Remember, in every moment, we're either practicing sort of stressing or we're practicing flowing and inviting ease. Have integrity with yourself. Help yourself by inviting yourself over and over and over again and not allowing the self to practice those old funky patterns. Be disciplined with kindness as you grow into new awareness, new tools, new freedom, new peace. Next tip, meditate. Why? Because it's the free, absolutely no negative side effects, no contraindications, anti-anxiety medication that slows down that fast thinking, anxiety, overwhelm, cloud, storm process. So meditation gives us new space to slow down, to be able to hear intuition, to be able to expand into it and have it expand into you. Some of you really like to run on adrenaline and go about 100,000 miles because you're kind of outrunning yourself. That may have worked to get you to survive a childhood, but it will burn you out in life. Meditate five minutes a day. All you have to do is invite stillness. Sit still, close your eyes. If it's super duper outside of your comfort zone, you could just sit still while you listen to one song. That would be a good way to start lifting the weights of meditation energy, of meditative energy. And the last tip that I have, in some ways, it might be the most important. Accept that it feels strange to try new things and do it anyway. The fact that it's uncomfortable is your proof that you're actually doing something different for yourself. And if you don't allow that and invite that, lean into that kind of healthy discomfort, what the hell are you doing? Because without inviting newness and the discomfort of newness, aren't you just practicing old shit? Old ways of being, old patterns that stress you out? Where's the wisdom in that? You can do better for yourself. Don't fall for that. The body tries to hide. The mind tries to hide. In yoga, we say that the body hides, right? We don't want somebody having bad form just to be able to do a forward fold and put their palms on the ground. We want them to be able to have really good form. And if they only bend over halfway, that's okay. That's their edge. But it's more important to have good form than to touch the ground. And that's the best way to get the body to healthily without hurting itself Learn how to open up slowly over time so that you can, if you have the goal, put your palms flat on the ground one day so we can accept that it feels strange and we can encourage and show up for ourselves to do it anyway. Imagine what it might be to be connected to your intuition in the ways that I've modeled for you over the years. Imagine six months from now, a year from now, you're going to get older anyway. Might as well get older with more of a connection to your intuitive self, huh? My life has gotten infinitely more simple. 
despite the struggles and the craziness that life still throws my way. But I have a steadiness. I have an ease. It's like I can surf. Not in real life. I can't get on a surfboard in real life. But emotionally, I can surf those waves of struggle, of stress, of conflict, of contrast that are always going to be a part of being alive. And that can make the hard things, believe it or not, almost enjoyable or fun. It sure as hell is better to ride that wave than to have it smack me in the face so we can accept it feels strange and do it anyway. Next time, I'm going to give some names for our Patreon producers of the show. One of the things you get when you show up and support us, supporting you and supporting everybody else who gets the show all over the world is that you get a shout out. So we're going to do some shout outs next time. If you want some exclusive content, come check us out at Patreon. For a couple bucks, you can dive into the community and everything that we have there for you and the biggest discount on the 2022 Boundaries course that starts October 10th. Light and love and happy intuition, y'all. I'm an emotional badass. You're an emotional badass. And together, we are where Moxie meets Mindful. I will see you right here next time. Light and love and thank you for being the change in the world. We truly change it one person at a time. And that is you. Thank you. I like sharing this planet with you. See you next time right here. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.